Good afternoon. Dennis Fithian here on Detroit Sports Podcast number 29. Yeah, ready to get things underway and uh, talk with uh, Brian Chapman, who's on the other end of the line. We welcome him in. Brian, how are you? Doing all right. Happy to finally be on Good Afternoon. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I've been doing some things with you here on the YouTube side for a while, and it just occurred to me, like, uh, hey, let's get him on the podcast, man. And I was glad you said yeah, so thanks a lot, man. Yeah, no problem. It's uh, it, it's definitely been fun working with you over these last couple of months on uh, the fifth chapter. And I know we've got another episode on that today, but uh, things are starting to, to look up for us. Yeah, well, it's one of those things I just think about. Um, I've done it in the past, but but last year I, I started again. You know, you're in, in the pursuit of trying to do things, uh, you know, and, and improve yourself and everything. Last mm-hmm. year, you know, there was um, there was a part, and you know, you've probably heard this, where they say, "Get yourself out of your comfort zone. Try to do something." that you don't necessarily like that's out of your comfort zone and uh, it's good for you. It's good for your mind. It's good for your body. It's good for anything. It, it, uh, you know, just takes you what, however you'd say it, you know, out of the box and it's just good for your mind and everything. Well, last year, make a long story short, I, I've never liked running like people that say, Oh, you know what? Uh, I just hate running, you know, one minute in and I've always been that way, but last, so, So last year, I was going up to uh, my birthday about a month or two before, and I said, I I walked this about three-mile loop right by my house. And I said, you know what? By the time it's my birthday, I want to be able to run around the three-mile loop. You know, it was a little bit, but I'm like, but I I hate running. But I I said, all right, I'm going to do it. And I did it with two weeks to spare. I was able to do it. And then it became one of these things where, uh, you know, I was running three, four times a week over three miles. And I was like, man, I loved it. And, and uh, I got, even got a book, uh, Born to Run, it's the book. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, and, it, and, you know, it's all about the, you know, the love of running. And and so, you know, here I am, man. The the, the summer of of 2019 was, was about running. So the, I ended up hurting my knee and, and icing it, which, which knocked me out. But... It gets me to this this uh, this, this video, the, po- the 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 fifth chapter that I'm doing with you. When you said you know you, you wanted to do it, I was thinking, you know what? Yeah, if I was you know 30, 40, 50 pounds lighter, uh, you know the, the camera adds 15 pounds. I really don't want to jump on YouTube, but I said, you know what? Let's <laughs> let, let, let me do it. Let me do it anyways, and it could be maybe this will be a you know one of these things outside the box and. Um, you know, and here I am. That was a long setup to tell you that, you know, it was outside the box. I didn't really want to go on video, you know. Because so of so your whole reason for doing the fifth chapter is to motivate you to lose some weight. Well, <laughs> well, it was part of it. You know, over the years, over the years, you know, working on the radio, there's always been chances, you know, here or there, like, uh, you know, jump on video, maybe do some TV. But I kept, you know, I kept telling myself, man, I don't want to. I want to wait till I, you know, I'm a, I'm a decent, uh, till I look decent or I'm at a, at a decent, <laughs> at a decent number and it wasn't happening, you know? So at some point, you know, you got it. Hopefully it is motive. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it's not just that, but if, if, if it's just that where it motivates me to lose some weight, then, uh, yeah. then it's all good. But you know what? I, I like it. It's, it's different than doing a podcast, different than doing radio. 
you know, TV, mm-hmm. you find that you just got to shorten up what you're saying a little bit more. And, and the other thing, like what we're doing here, it's easier to interrupt where what we're doing on, on YouTube, it's, I don't know if it's in a half second delay. It's a little bit more difficult to uh, interrupt the, the person that you're with. Yeah, it, it, it is a little bit different. I'm, I, and I'm glad that you brought up the whole TV thing because uh, when, when I was in college, I remember doing TV, doing radio. I started off doing radio as a freshman. It wasn't until my junior year that I started doing TV. And you get to kind of experiment with what you like and what you don't like. And I did a uh, an internship on what was at the time 1270 the sports station with Doug Karsh and Art Regner, and I really liked that. And I, I was able to take back what I learned to help me on my college radio station. And then the very next summer, I decided I wanted to see what, what it was like to be on TV and to work on doing a, a TV broadcast. And I, I interned with Channel 7, and I liked that too, but I realized that it wasn't for me. I didn't like it as much. I, one thing that I liked about radio is that you could have, be on the air for two, three, four hours at a time. And it was, it was so shocking to me and so disappointing that you do a whole bunch of work to get ready for a TV sports segment. And it's like two or three minutes. And then at the time they were talking about how throughout the industry, they were trying to shorten the amount of time that they have sports on TV to a minute 45 or a minute and a half is like, dang, I'm, I'm doing all this work for 90 seconds per, per show. And you do that two or three times a day. I didn't, I didn't really like that. Plus I just didn't feel as comfortable on television as I did on the radio. Since I, I came back to Michigan and got on the radio, I'd been asked a couple of times to go on TV and I accepted it one time back in, I think, 2015, and I, I just didn't like the way I looked on TV. Uh, I, I, I just didn't feel comfortable, and I, you know, ever since then, I've just been pretty much rejecting every opportunity. <laughs> Maybe now that I'm, I'm used to doing this YouTube show, I might be more interested in the future, but I just, I, I you know, I, like you, am, am more comfortable with not being seen. <laughs> well, it's, you know, TV, it's, you know, it, w- w- let's be honest, it is a visual medium. Like when people, yeah. and I, I know this, and especially this age uh, here in the shutdown, the time that we're in right now, there's so many people, you know, doing their videos from home. Whoever I, I'm sitting with, whether it's my wife, you know, my kids here, or I was just down in Florida with my uncle and my mom. People are always commenting on what's in the room, what's in the what's the backdrop, what's this guy yeah. wearing, what's he look like? Look at that lady, look at the dress. And it's so you know, it's it's more than half. Like if you go on there, you're like, uh, oh yeah, well he's attractive. She looks nice. Boy, I like her. I like, you know, she's she looks nice. I mean, it's and I have to admit myself, you know, I in back like, you know, I scan all, you know, 2 4 and 7, but I liked Glenda Lewis. Like, I'm like, oh, you know what? She's pretty attractive. Like, she's, you know, like, they're all like, you feel like, you know, fine reporters. But, hey, I like Glenda Lewis because uh, I liked how she looked. That's where I, I ended up more often than not, you know, watching Channel 7 News. Like, I mean, so what am I going to say, man? What are you going to do, you know? It is part of it. You say, well, you, and, and it's like that in sports on the sideline, too. So there's so many. Oh, yeah. They, they, they don't hire, uh, for the most part, they don't hire – the ugliest women to be on the sidelines. 
they hire more often than not the more attractive women. They they do a pretty good job, but they know that men are going to be more likely to be interested in what she has to say or just looking at her no matter what she has to say if she's attractive. Yeah, I think the bottom line in that in that is that you you it would you better have both. Like it's nice. Well, it's nice to have both. Like it's nice that if you're, uh, you know, I don't know, whoever, Aaron Andrews, you know, that she's a, you know, a ten and a knockout. But also, you throw it down to her, and, and she knows her stuff, you know, front and back. She knows everything yeah. too. You know, well, there, there's also the the other issue in terms of um, uh, you could even point to, to sexism, where in our society as a whole it's easier to get a, I mean, it's easier to get a job if you're more attractive, no matter what, but especially if you are a woman, men don't have those same pressures on them to be attractive in order to be accepted in society where women do. And I know that you talked about how you, you were concerned about your weight, but there are fat men on TV everywhere. (laughs) There are not as many fat women on TV. You know, I was down, uh, I, I know you know, and but and I know people know that are listening. I'll just say it again. I was down in Florida. And my When my uncle was down there, he watched, you know, he watched our, our the fifth chapter for the first time. And, uh, well, the, after I, I wore his jersey of Derek Brooks and everything, he said, you know what? I think you should, uh, you know, wear a coat, you know, wear, wear a dress shirt. He said, you know, try and see what that looks like. I think, you know, it would be more professional. Then he was giving me some other tips. He's like, you know what? Do you guys ever bring on guests? And I was like, we can, but we haven't. You know, maybe we'll do that. He said, yeah, yeah. you know what? If you, if you work the third person in there, you know, what if you got <laughs> a, a woman that newer sports that was kind of attractive. He's like, isn't that kind of the formula? You know, you guys would be on there. You know, you guys would like kind of the sports experts, but then you could have a, you know, attractive, uh, you know, female that would be on there that could introduce you guys. And, you know, I'd kind of like looking at a little bit more. I was like, Oh, you know what? There you go. Talking about the formula. You know, there it is. So yeah, it's, it's on people's mind. Well, and, and you see that oftentimes with some of the national shows. I mean, Jalen Rose's wife, Molly Kieran Rose, is, uh, is at least moderately attractive. And what does she do? She introduces the topics for Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman. You look at Colin Cowherd's show, and it started off as a radio show, which obviously you're not going to see the producer. But when it came to TV, he got um, you know a female to be his producer. And I forget the 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 names of the of the producers, but he had an, a, an extremely attractive blonde yes. producer that left about a year ago, and then he got uh, another producer who used to be the producer for Skip and Shannon, and she's not as attractive, but she's still uh, pretty attractive to join them. So that that's what a lot of f- people feel comfortable seeing when they see those shows, is they have uh, a woman just kind of throw in her two cents here and there. She knows what she's talking about, but oftentimes it seems like she's more there for eye candy than for ear candy. Yeah. Both of those uh, women on coward show, Joy Taylor is the one that's on there right now. Yeah, she knows her right. stuff though. And she'll throw out an opinion. I, I, I forget just like you, the, the, the young lady that went on, she does her own show and everything else. But yeah, she knew her stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty yeah. good. And uh, what's it? A uh, Jenny Taff, the All American, uh, it is is on uh, Bayless's show. She's the one that. Oh, okay. Yeah, the All American girl. I, I, that's what um, you know. She works. That's what God Johnson calls. That's it. right. He always goes down to her. I don't know why. If she was an All American or something, but he always calls her an All American. Mm-hmm. And you know what? She kind of looks like an All American to me. So there you go. 
We'll go for it. Well, uh, let's hit on some of the things that are going on here in the sports world. And uh, I don't know about number one on the list. I'll just start with baseball because it's, it's one of the headlines here where just on Wednesday, I had the commissioner, my guy, Rob Bamford, who I said is going to you know get baseball. He's going to get his baseball this year. And he comes out and he says there's 100%. I mean, he guarantees that we're going to have a baseball season. And the next day, I'm telling you, I'm like, Chapman, see? There's a commissioner who knows how to get it done. He's telling you that there's going to be a baseball season. And then here he is last night. Maybe it's negotiation ploy or whatever else, but you know, here he is. And he's like, now he's already backpedaled. No, no, I'm not. So I'm not. So I'm not. Hey, that, that, that's your boy. Where, where is your defense for him now? That's your boy. You're the big Rob Manfred slappy. The only Rob Manfred slappy I know outside of maybe, um, Chris you know, Illich, Chris Mad Dog Russo, or yeah, some of the other owners. <laughs> Chris but, Illich, <laughs> yeah, you're 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 the big Rob Manfred's lappy. I've been telling you that outside of Gary Bettman, who lost an entire season and tried to lose another entire season, he's the worst commissioner in all of sports. And the way that he's acting, it's almost like he's jealous of Gary Bettman, and he's trying to get that crown. I, look. I, I was I was more confident last week when he said there was a hundred percent chance of there being a season, and I I have not been nearly as pessimistic as you have about the season. And then when he came out yesterday saying that he was not confident, I dropped that confidence level to eighty five percent. But look, the baseball's got a buffoon running the show right now. He's acting like a buffoon, not just in terms of these negotiations, but all the suggestions that he's been putting in over the years have been buffoonish non-baseball suggestions. So uh, why am I going to be surprised when he doesn't have a deal done right now? I'm not. He's terrible. I just can't believe that baseball, you know, they had had such – you know, I don't want to say it's a a great time because it's a terrible time. It's a pandemic, but – they had the opportunity. I know people have heard this over and over again, but they, you know, they could have gotten things going where right now they would be in spring training and, and leading up to July 4th, it would have just been so amazing for the sport. They would mm-hmm. have had this thing all to themselves. People are sitting around watching golf that have never watched golf in their in their life, even watching NASCAR that have never watched mm-hmm. it in their life. We would have had baseball. But the biggest thing was is that I'm thinking that the owners here with all the television networks and everything else that these guys got to their spots in life, mostly, you know, yeah, some of them might've been silver spoon, but they're really good businessmen and they think long-term and, and I got to believe that they sit there. Like, let's take Chris Illich. Like he would take a, a bath. He doesn't really want a baseball season. He's got all these exorbitant salaries and, uh, and you know, he's got a terrible team and nobody, they weren't drawing flies anyways, but you know, this would help him out if they didn't have a season, but in the long run, you know, Chris Illich, whatever he could sell the Detroit Tigers for, does he really think that, that, and, and then, you know, the way this is setting up, where they're going to have a labor strife, not this next year, but the following year, that people are just going to be, you know, just come right back and they're going to get saved like they did in 98, you know, by some kind of Maguire or Sosa and that, you know, that this thing that the fans will all just come back. Is that really a good financial strategy to take in a pandemic and just say, you know what, we'll just shut it down and people will come back. And you know what? The following year, we might shut it down too. And then, you know, this is really going to be good for the bottom line of the Detroit Tigers. I mean, 
I don't know. I'm not a businessman. I'm just looking at it here. It seems like a really bad idea. Play the long Uh, game. Yeah, it seems like a a bad idea to play the long game. And I think that no, it's a bad idea of the short game of of cutting it out. It seems like the long game would be taking a little bit of of a, a, you know, of a loss here for the long game. That was my point. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree that it seems like a bad idea to sit here and, and complain about, oh, we're going to lose $640,000 every single game. What am I going to do without that $640,000? Look, if I lose $640,000, I would be in a, I mean, just an insane amount of debt. I don't have $640,000 to lose, but we're talking about these billionaires and they're complaining. That's why they don't want to, to, to get things back going right now because they don't want to pay these players the full prorated salaries. It, they, 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 it's, it's, it's frustrating. I still think that there's going to be a season, but so do I. you're, you're right about a couple of years from now. If thing, if they miss the whole season and it's not because a second wave pops up and I mean, you can look at some of the numbers down in the South and be concerned about that, but if there's not a second wave and all the other sports return and baseball doesn't, it's going to be a bad look for these owners who were, who might look back a couple of years from now and say, man, wouldn't it have been nice if we could have just bitten the bullet on losing, I don't know, $20 million, $30 million, $40 million for a season. And then we could have made that back up in, you know, the next half year, uh, the next year. It's, it's tough. I think they always thought that at any point they could just roll out this 50 gamer and they could start oh, yeah. in hell August 1st and say, look, yeah. We have it, and if it does, like you, you watch a fifty-game season. Well, that that that's what I think they're ultimately going to do. I think they're ultimately just going to do the fifty-game plan, and they better hope that the players are okay with that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. All right, what about some of these other things that are going on here? Uh, the football. We're going to get to that. What about the NBA? Kyrie Irving, he's out for the year. And he said he was out, you know, he is out for the playoffs, but he's also out for the bubble in Orlando. And he told the athletic, he doesn't support going uh, to Orlando. He says, I'm not with the systemic racism. Uh, Dwight Howard comes back and, and tells CNN that surrounding basketball, he says it isn't needed at the moment. So they're two guys and, and they're talking about, in the wake of George Floyd's death here, like, hey, let's concentrate on something else other than the season. There have been a lot of other players that have come back and have said, uh, oh, wait a second, Utah Jazz big man Ed Davis, for one, said uh, it's easy for guys like Kyrie and Dwight because these guys got all their money. Some others have been saying the same thing. But mm-hmm. uh, this is uh, – it looked like it was all good for the NBA, but there are some, you know – People, well, there, there, there's two now saying that. Yeah, and well, I, I saw that Matt Barnes, yes. who's an NBA veteran, went on, it might have been Instagram Live or his own podcast or something like that, and he said that Kyrie Irving needs to stop BSing. Look, I, I don't understand how Kyrie Irving got to be part of this board on the Players Committee or Players Coalition or whatever it is in the first place because – Outside of being an all-star, everything he does dies. I mean, he was he was great with the Cavaliers, but then once 
it was clear that LeBron James was still going to be the leader of that team. He's like, I want out. Like, I don't want to win championships anymore. Send me somewhere else. So he goes to Boston. He's got this great team in Boston. And then he's apparently a bad teammate. The team performs better in the playoffs when he's not there. And then he wants out of there and he wants to go to Brooklyn. He thinks he's going to build some dynasty in Brooklyn. And his, his idea of building a dynasty in Brooklyn is, let me bring in a guy who just tore his ACL. And meanwhile, he's got all these injury problems. He's talking about the earth is flat and all this other stuff. Like, why the heck do you want this guy leading your players union or having some critical voice? He's about the last person I would want leading the players union or having some critical voice or, and being some voice of reason. Obviously, he's got to be pretty smart because he got into Duke, but he didn't graduate from Duke. He was there for one year, and because he was a basketball player, probably didn't take very challenging classes. Look, Kyrie Irving is is like the last person I want to hear from when it comes to pretty much just about anything. Very talented player, but I don't want to hear him talk about much. Dwight Howard, I think uh, he he brought up a, an interesting point because in that interview on CNN, he talked about sports being a distraction. Everybody believes that sports is a distraction, and it's a distraction that we all love. And he said that we don't need distractions right now because he doesn't want to take attention away from what's going on. When you hear people talk about distractions, they say, hey, you know, I get home from a long day at work. I want to just sit down and watch the game, whatever the game is, because I can get away from it all. With no sports right now because of coronavirus, people can't get distracted. People can't get away from what's going on with the coronavirus. They can't get away from these protests. So they're paying attention to it and things are happening. So I think that what his fear is, is that if the distractions return, then people will not pay attention to what's going on. And some of the changes that are taking place will cease. Yeah. You know what? I, I looked at both of those situations and it was like before, with coronavirus, if there was a player that came to me, if I was the commissioner and, you know, they're already getting, they've got their money and they're going to the playoffs. But if they said, look, uh, I want to, you know, take this season off, uh, that's it. uh, I would get that. I would also it with, um, you know, a player like Dwight Howard or anybody else that came and said, man, my, my, my heart's not in it because my head's not in it. Uh, because of, uh, you know, the civil unrest, and uh, I just want to take this off, too. I, you know what? You you get – it's very strange when you get – I don't know about strange. It, it's when you have somebody, you know, uh, pass away in your family. You 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 know, you get grievance uh, time away when you're working. Mm-hmm. And when you have a situation like this. But at some point, you do have to decide to – you know, you have to go back to work. Like, even though you're, you're not ready, you know, you could say, look, you know, I – I'd rather, you know, be off for another two weeks or, or, or two months. You know, I'm, I'm sad, but, you know, you end up uh, you, you end up going back. And it's like, you know, this situation here, if there's some players that, you know, really don't feel like they can uh, put their heart into it, I, I get that. But if there's going to be uh, enough where you're not going to be able to have a postseason, the NBA – who stands to make a lot of money here or lose a lot of money. They have that, that, that clause that they can, that they can uh, serve up if they end up not going to have a, have a postseason where they get this insurance money, but that is going to affect the players. It's going to affect the salary cap. It's going to affect a, a heck of a lot. So, 
know, that's the part where I see it's a it's a tricky situation. I I can understand somebody there, but I, I hear a lot of the other players saying, "Look, you know, you can also use this platform." where all yeah. eyes are going to be on you now. But, but that's what I would say, but it, it's hard for me to tell somebody specifically like, you know, Hey man, get your head up. And uh, you know, I, I know this doesn't seem like, you know, life is at this moment in history is very difficult, but you, you can, this might end up, you know, being something that, uh, you know, you can use as a positive. I, I just think there's a, a big difference between choosing not to play because you think that the health risks are too great and you could get coronavirus and choosing not to play because of, of wanting to protest and things like that. I, I, I think that they're both worthy causes and things like that. I mean, certainly Colin Kaepernick has Colin Kaepernick wanted to do both. He wanted to walk and chew gum at the same time. So he was able to protest in 2016 and fight for what he believed in and play. He wanted to do that in 2017, 18, 19, presumably 20. He wanted to do both. And these players are saying that they want to not play, not, not a whole lot of them, just a couple of them uh, led by Kyrie Irving and Dwight Howard. They want to not play so that they can do this. I don't see why they can't do both at the same time when it comes to you know, taking time away from other jobs, middle-class jobs, low-class jobs. Employers over the last few months have been okay with people deciding not to show up and and because they, they are concerned about their health. But I've never heard of an employer saying, hey, take months off or whatever so that you can protest. Like, you can take a day off. You can do it on the weekend. You can do it at night. And you look at the people that have been protesting lately, perhaps a lot of them were unemployed because we got 40 million people unemployed. The protests were taking place at night, perhaps when they got off of work. But to, to say, I'm not going to work so that I can protest, they got days off. They've got social media. That, that I don't, and the season's, what, eight games? And then you got one series for half these teams? There's plenty of time for them to do that. Pretty good point, Cap. Pretty good point. Well, for That's those for those that 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 missed a little bit earlier, I don't know. You're maybe you, you know you toggled forward and everything else. It's the fifth chapter. You you can search Fifty and Chapman on YouTube, and you see that come up, and then you subscribe, and then you can during the show, as it's going on, you could type in live feedback. I'm trying to do a better job in reading that. I see people on Facebook were commenting, but then if you don't take it in live at eight thirty. The great thing about YouTube there, it is um, it, it is there and you can watch and listen to that anytime all the way back to, what do we have, to 10 now? 10 of them? Yeah, we got 10 episodes. There you go, 10. And then you are also putting that audio. We also have that in podcast form where I yep. was telling you months ago when we were getting this going that the, the PTI show – that is on ESPN with Kornheiser and Wilbon. I, for the last year or two, you know, 99% of the time, I just listen to that as a podcast. And, you know, it, you know, yeah, we know they're showing video. You show, we put some video up there and things, but uh, it, it's just as good audio as it is uh, with, uh, with the video there. Yeah. And, and I, uh, I've seen, I was actually looking at the podcast 
numbers and people that have been downloading it ever since we've gone to Facebook Live. Our numbers have have gone up in terms of the podcast, but it's million? a good way. Uh, and I don't know about a million yet. That's the goal. Uh, yeah, but it's 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 certainly a good way for people that are um, used to listening to us and not seeing us to continue to do so. You've you've got a lot of people that like to listen to us at night, and there isn't that ability to do so anymore. But once the podcast gets loaded. Um, uh, I think it takes about an hour or two. I mean, the show ends usually about nine thirty. A couple hours after that is when it's available for download. So if people out there want to hear our show, uh, like they used to hear us on the radio uh, at night, they can download the episode while they're at work and while they're driving around or do, doing, you know, working at the plant, they can listen to us do the fifth chapter. So it's you know it's on Podbean, which of course your podcast is on. It's on Google, Apple, Spotify. A lot of ways to consume it. In addition to YouTube and Facebook Live. Nice job. And this particular podcast was a half hour. Most of those fifth chapters run about an hour. So double the fun of what you heard right now. All right, That's Chad. Right. I will. Uh, I will see you again really soon uh, on YouTube and on Facebook and all those things. Thanks for your time and and thanks for coming on a good afternoon here. You're welcome. And thanks for having me. All right. See ya. There he is. Brian Chapman, Brian Chapman, who I'll be standing, sitting side by side. I haven't done a show standing with him. I will be doing uh, another one. Tuesdays, Thursdays, eight 30. We'll have it. All right. That's going to do it for this show. Get some special things planned for the podcast this week. Like bringing on two guests at one. I'm going to try that. We'll see how that goes. It's going to go well. It's uh, coming up on podcast number 30. We'll get that one going. It's good to be back home. Back home here in the great state of Michigan. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in. Staying all the way here through to the end. See you.